0: indiana runner podcast season five episode 28 taylor and i talk about all 11 great races from the carmel showcase what it might mean moving forward for cross country and then do our usual stuff cue the taylor marshall drop what did we just become best friends Yup. do you want to go do karate in the garage Yup.
1: See how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in.
0: <laughs> Leg out. All right. We're coming at you a couple days later. But Colin altavote Taylor Marshall here for the recap of the Carmel Showcase. Uh, one of these years, Taylor, we're going to get bad weather for it, but not yet. Not yet. We're three for three so far here. We had perfect weather on Friday night, and I want to start this off with a shout-out to Jeff Hester, who was our boss, one of the athletic directors at Carmel High School, who put in an enormous amount of work. You and I put in work, too, for the meet. Not like Jeff, though. An enormous amount of work. And, you know, I think sometimes athletic departments, um, occasionally when I hear other coaches talk, kind of have a bad rap for not necessarily caring about cross-country or track and field and at least I know this is an ivory tower situation at least at the school that we work at that is not the case Jeff takes a lot of pride in this event we were already like as we were cleaning up we're talking about next year um, looking for ways to make it better and uh, put in a ton of work to make this a good event for for everybody not just obviously the kids at our school of which there were a multitude yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, Jeff cares about the overall experience, right? Athletes, coaches, fans coming in, uh, adding some new things. This year, the kids ran through a tunnel. There was an announcer on the field. There was the announcer in the stands. You know, there were t shirts and sweatshirts for winners of heats. And um, just, you know, a lot of time, effort, energy went into it. And uh, all the, you know, hopefully your uh, son or daughter or the kids you coach ran well Friday night. I know you and I were excited about how our boys and girls did. And, um, you know, a lot of that goes into creating that environment. So we're really thankful that we're
0: allowed to do this. And this isn't a a one-on-one sport. This isn't a zero-sum game. And what we found out over the years is that when you get a lot of kids together, that helps the level of competition. And I would be interested to go through. I'm probably not going to do it, but I'd be interested to go through and see, okay, we told the coaches, seed your athlete at a time you think she or he can run, not necessarily a time that they've already done. Yeah. I wonder how, what percentage of athletes beat the seed time that their coach had entered. You, you know what I might do is I might go and do it for our boys. Cause I'll remember what I entered them at. Um, but it was, you know, in, those were lofty times where like, Hey, yeah. in a perfect scenario, perfect weather, perfect level of competition. Here's what I think she can run. And I think the majority of kids exceeded that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the like you said, bringing the competition together helps. Having uh, perfect conditions, uh, super helpful. It was kind of iffy earlier in the day, but by the time Friday evening rolled around, we couldn't have asked for anything more. So I'm um, really excited and hope that tradition continues for years.
0: Here's what we want to do. Let's go through the winner of each race. There were seven boys' races, two freshmen, and then five general races, and there were four girls' races. We want to kind of give maybe the winner of each race a shout-out, and then talk about for each, for the boys and the girls looking through this, who are the returners and what might this mean? Being the longest distance contested in track, what might this mean for next fall, next cross-country season? Um, so we'll do the boys first, take a break, do the girls, and then kind of maybe go through our normal stuff after the girls. We're limited to 40 minutes on each side. We're going to stick to that uh, that limit. So that's a pretty lofty uh schedule we've got here let's start taylor this year there were two boys races uh for the freshmen and the winner of the first boys race this is one of your one of your guys big big cougar supporter over here taylor marshall you you should have been
1: cougars
0: you should have been going nuts during this race because jake gentry of bloomington north i think he led for a lot of the race 10 this is the slow heat 10 12 for
1: jake yeah. You know, we said this at uh, on our flashes uh, recap, you know, watching that first heat of the day, the the slowest freshman boys heat and how fast it was. Um, we said, hey, we're in for an exciting, really great night. And the same thing rang true one week later on mm-hmm. our home track. So that was just a great showing.
0: I think we, we wanted to kind of look through and pick a non winner, non hound to uh, highlight. Here's here's a guy we talked. You and I talked to this guy from Burbuff came to get his number. Yeah. He's run some varsity for Burbuff. I think he ran his best time here by a lot. And that's Malachi Lesnit. He ran 10.22. Real solid race from him. Shout out, Malachi. You're welcome back anytime. Keep running, buddy. The second section, this would be the fast heat then, of the freshman boys race. Eight Eight boys under 10. Eight freshman boys under ten. Eight freshman boys under ten. Any boy who runs year. under ten is good. When you're a mm-hmm. freshman, if you're already under ten. That's really exciting. Jacob Mitchell, also of Bloomington North Cougars man. Big day for the wow. Cougars. The Cougars. The Cougars were
1: out. They were on the prowl. Anybody who wants to make me a shirt that says "I Heart Cougars" and take it to the next meet, I'm
0: at, I will wear it. I talked to someone that said that he looked into it and said couldn't get it printed in ten. Well, you got time. That's not a joke. Somebody actually did tell me that. You got to tell the
1: state, track me. You bring me a shirt at a meet that says, I heart Cougars. I will put that bad boy on.
0: Shout out Bloomington North for all your success. Jacob Mitchell, 943.37. Jacob uh, Gackenheimer of Warsaw, 943.95. So those two were in a pretty tight battle down the stretch. Mitchell closes. They do have splits. This is the only race they have splits for. Mitchell closes in 65 Woo. Gackenheimer closes in 64 Woo. Nate Thomas of Fishers 947 91. Carter Burr of Carmel shout out 947 99 but it was closer than it sounds uh, and then Declan Bowser of Carmel uh, shout out to Declan Bowser also you and I need to get take uh, my son to watch the Mario movie uh, yeah. 952 Justin Reedus of Franklin Central 956 Isaiah Tunis of Franklin, 957, and Riley Champ of Hamilton Southeastern, 957. And that's that's my shout out there, is uh, Riley Champ. He was the winner of the slowest heat on um, the the previous Friday at Franklin Central. And we saw he ran like 443 for the full. And I think you and I are looking at each other like, it's going to be fast tonight. If the slowest heat. The winner was 443 for the full. And kind of this is the same thing tonight like hey eight boys this is the eighth guy broke 10 minutes it's going to be another fast night absolutely there were five heats of the general boys 3200 now last year the the difference i think last year was that most of the coaches of the of the top uh freshman boys agreed hey let's keep the freshman race one heat so it was like 30 kids once we extracted the ones that hey if they can run close to 10 minutes put them in the general race this year it was the opposite so there were some but not a ton of freshman boys in the general race in the first race here was another one it it started off pretty hot and remember we had four boys races to start the night so that we could end on the girls race because it's a girls last year the boys first year but another way to put it because we had this this um discussion is it a is it a boys first year or is it a girls last year and we decided well actually the girls should go last in a girls last year because that should be the highlight we should alternate the the one that goes last and gets the the showcase race i suppose sure yeah joseph Lepatra of griffith nine thirty three, in the slowest heat man I think i'm not I'm not positive. I didn't go back and check this, but I think that second place last year in the second fastest heat in the fourth heat of five, I think second place was like nine thirty three nine thirty two really? and he won that now he he took over late. Um, I don't know how much of this race you saw because you're you're uh, getting some of your girls ready. um we had Carmel had at least two uh boys in every single heat and I think we had three in all of them except the fast heat at least three uh so I was able to see this 933 when he wins by 12 seconds yeah
1: 933 was the runner up time for that second fastest heat last year so you, who, you were... do you have do you have that pulled up who was that was that will russell uh, close. It was Andrew Knight. Will Russell was third. He was right okay. behind Andrew Knight of HSC, this, who is now graduated. He, uh, ran 9.33.
0: Cause I remember our boys, I think were fourth and fifth in that race. And I think they ran 9.37 and 9.38. And that's the second fastest heat last year, right? It was. They were fifth
1: and sixth and they did run 9.37, 9.38 and it was the second fastest heat.
0: Correct. I'm looking through this. I've got I've got a couple of, Couple to highlight here, and this will come back later. So that's what they they say. That's that's good radio when you do a callback to from earlier. Yeah. A pair pair of sophomores from Warsaw, Clark Meridoo and Rick Orr, two sophomores, they got a couple more years left of high school, 959 and 10 flat. Every kid in this race was entered at a time at a seed time that was slower than 10 minutes. Nine of them broke 10 minutes. Yeah. And for instance, we entered three boys, we being Carmel, because um, I coach the boys at Carmel. We entered three boys in this race, and all three of them ran under 1010. The minimum seed time to get in, you had to enter your kids at 1010 or faster. And 23 of the 29 boys ran that in this race.
1: Yeah.
0: Good I start mean, to the, the- meet. Well, to
1: the point you made earlier, right? Already here, how many of these guys ran under their seed time? Well, there's likely to
0: be at least nine that we just discussed right there, right? And he, you right. Know, quite a few more. So, and I, I actually think that like 10:05 was like the fastest seed time going into this. Yeah. One. So I, yeah, I think it was it was almost all of them. Yeah. Heat two for the boys. This is another big. Most of these races were won, I guess, not surprisingly by someone with a really big finish this was another really big finish in the last 600 people putting four five ten second gaps on the field um, over the last you know 400 or 600 meters clay Badio, a senior from delta 934 97 and he finished in front of davis falcon another senior from Chittard, in 939 you get anything from that race in particular
1: uh, you know, nice performance there from the the freshmen. You mentioned two freshmen um, who uh, did not race the freshman-specific race. Uh, the one of the two, Tyler uh, Gurkak, maybe. I'm, mm-hmm. kind of, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Tyler. Um, from Mooresville, he ran 9.46. Again, a really strong time for anybody, including a freshman. And, um, you know, he was one of the two who did not participate in that freshman-specific race at the
0: beginning. A lot of guys in this race, gosh, maybe every guy in this race, seemed as if their seed time was like, 10 flat and 16 of the 27 finishers ran under 10 minutes. And that that's a good shout out someone in a freshman that went up into the freshman race. And I believe there were, you know what, there, there were only two freshmen that ran up into the general race. Yes. He was one. And then then the other one was Noah Bontrager in the fast heat, who was all state in cross country. Right. Which makes sense. Section three on the boys side, we, I just went out there today. Uh, oh we did have to get the fire extinguisher on this for the last lap. And that was charging Charlie Ledkey. I watched HSECC Dad's videos. Yes. I didn't sit down and watch uh, all 11 races. Uh, I watched parts of the fast heat and I watched the end of this uh, third section. Yeah, Charlie closed in 60.6. Oh, my gosh. That is uh, Charging Charlie right there, man. He lives That's up to That's why it. we call him Charging Charlie Ledke. Closing 60. 925-73 for Charlie Ledke, who also recently uh, committed to Xavier University. Uh, J.D. Haynes, a sophomore from uh, Chittard, 931. Parker Melling, a sophomore from Fishers in 933. Uh, there were a lot of great, uh performances in this. Any anything stick out? I I've, I've got I've got well, one, I, mean, I think, if you don't have one. I would be remiss if, if we don't name your favorite athlete on the team,
1: your your son, your oldest son, uh, and he would be Liam Oman, who yeah, played kid, kid number zero for the health of Oats. Yeah, he he plays fifth overall to nine thirty six. So I mean Colin, we get we gotta drop, you know, some may call it nepotism, but he is your son. And we should make sure he gets his due. So shout out Liam Oman for uh, your great
0: race Friday night, man. 23 of 24 boys under 10 minutes in that race. There were, let me scroll down here. There were 96 boys that broke 10 minutes in the general race. And then another eight in the freshman. So 104 boys total ran under 10 minutes. Um, And I think you had said earlier, like, if you run under 10 minutes, you're good. Yeah. You get that question a lot of times from kids, like, hey, what's what's good? And I'm always I always go way too deep. I'm like, well, what do you mean by good? Is yeah. it gonna win the state championship? No, it's not. Is it better than I could do right now? Yes. So if that's your definition of good. Hey, by the way, 10 flat is
1: also better than what I could do right now. Eh, not by much. Although Andy
0: Cowan could probably go under 10. Tom Ullman could. Oh Tom, Tom Ullman's probably doing Tom... it right now. Well, let's we'll find out. Uh, and another one to highlight, this this one had three sophomores in the top six, and we mentioned two of them already. And then Zach Reisner, a sophomore from Avon, 938, uh, which is, you know, it's good. It's under 10 minutes, certified yeah. good, and only a sophomore with two two years to go. Avon had a good showing, especially among the returners for next fall. And Avon's tournament path gets not much easier, but a little more manageable. Yeah. Heat four, this was the second fastest heat. And the winner was another sophomore, Jack Strong, 920. Jack Strong goes to Noblesville. He led three consecutive sophomore finishers at the front of this race. Neil White from Columbus North, 924. Jack Turnbull of Zionsville, 924. It was a huge, pretty big negative split on this also. Yeah, we saw that
1: kind of throughout the night. Um, You know, I don't recall maybe one race stands out to you boys or girls but it seemed as if um both were a little bit more conservative the first mile and really pushed a lot of the winners did um nobody to my knowledge or recollection whatever um took it from the gun and just really pushed hard maybe sophia kennedy uh opened a a big gap but a, a lot of those earlier heats had had a big group and then the winner wasn't necessarily the person who led most of the way
0: yeah. And then the boys fast heat, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, it was one person led essentially the whole way, but that was also a pretty big negative split. I went back and kind of, I didn't watch the whole, you know, nine minutes of the video, but I kind of went back and forth and they've got a clock on the HSECC dad video. Uh, they've got a, they've got a clock for the fast heat. So you can just kind of see where your runner is. Um, now, sometimes it's a little harder to decipher because they're cutting between multiple cameras so if you're looking for one guy and they cut it at the last part, you might miss it. Um, you got anybody else in this, in this heat for a shout out? Uh, We're, we're good. Let's keep it rolling. All right. In the fast heat. David Woods tweeted out today. Um, and he, he sent this to me. That's how I saw it um that in the last from 2004 to 2022 so what would that be 19 state meets but one year they didn't have one right so 18 mm-hmm. state meets yep that six boys had broken nine minutes at the state championship now i didn't go through and count this i don't know if that counts ben beach twice no it must be six unique boys because footson would have done it multiple times as well i'd imagine. Yeah. Okay. So, and then he said five boys did it in this race yeah. on Friday night. Um, let's at least do those five. So the what winner. You,
1: you to comment on that. What do you make of that? What What, what is that, Colin? Was that uh,
0: well? You tell me. What is? We, it? We, I mean, what you want to do? Pie chart. Like, how do? What do we attribute this to? Yeah. What do you attribute it to? Sixty percent shoes. Okay. Twenty-five percent good classes. Okay. So that's eighty-five. Five percent extremely nice weather. Okay. Ten percent miscellaneous.
1: They you know, I mean if, if we're talking state meeting the thirty-two hundred, right? I mean, it's possible. A lot of these guys may have, hey, sixteen thirty-two double, four by eight thirty-two, whatever. Right. So agreeing that, hey, coaches, we're all gonna bring our best kids to this one location. We're all gonna race this one event. Correct. We're
0: all playing capture the flag. Yeah. So Just I think that, accordingly.
1: That falls within that 10%, if not maybe even close to the entirety of it.
0: I I'm still kind of reeling from it. Because, I mean, there's, there's two parts, and we talked about this in the podcast, um, there's, two, there's two parts to me. There's the, there's the part of me that's interested in general and has been for a long time in track and field, and more specifically in distance running in, for high schoolers in Indiana. Yeah. Since I ran, since even before I ran, when my dad would take me to the North side relays, you know, as a sixth or seventh grader. um, And then there's the part of me that's the coach at Carmel who saw two of his own athletes run under nine minutes. And I'm, I'm you and I are pretty, you and I are very similar, but in this regard we're pretty different, which is you're a lot more high energy and, and part of this could be you're, a few years younger, you're in a new coaching situation where I've been the coach for a long time. You're a lot more high energy, emotional, and I'm a lot more even. Yeah. But after this race on Friday, I was
1: high I energy, was giving,
0: baby. I was giving everybody a hug, chest bump. Rick Weinheimer, Kathy Provenzano, Taylor Marshall, anybody in sight that I knew, um, and then kind of you know as the girls' race had started, I I just kind of went in my into the office in our in our locker room since the meet was at our school and just kind of sat there and tried to reflect on it and be like, wow, this is, this was crazy. Yeah. Even if 60% of it, you know, are, are the shoes. Yeah. Uh, Let's go through them. At least, at least the top five. Uh, The drought is over. He had never won. This is the third year of the meet. He'd never won. He lost a photo finish as a sophomore and he um, was third last year. Old King Cole, Cole Matison from Carmel Shout out 856, 38, The runner-up, Martin Bark Marvelous. He needs a nickname. Marvelous Martin Barco, the fourth, from Martinsville. 857-68. Third place, Tony Provenzano from Carmel. Shout out. 858-81. In fourth, closing, Cameron Todd from Burbuff. 858-85. But it was closer than it sounds. And in fifth... And this is this is a guy who knows how to lean at the line, and and thankfully he does. Kyle Clark from Bloomington North, 859.98. And we talked about Will Russell, who was third last year in like 9.33, 9.34. Will Russell from Columbus North runs 9.01.53. Sam Quagliaroli from Fishers, 9.09.51, and that breaks his school record. Uh, Ezra Burrell from Burbuff, 9.11. Max Malloy from Elkhart nine twelve. Matt Helton from Zionsville nine thirteen. Yeah, sixteen boys broke nine twenty.
1: Man, They're,
0: I mean, you know, nine twenty. You're pushing closer
1: to that state standard, so that we'll see that continue to fall here. Um, here's here's how
0: fast it's gotten. Now this is a this is a pretty wide time frame, but I used to coach with a guy named Tito Downer, um, who went to Carmel and he graduated i think in 97 in his senior year of high school he was i think he was third at the state meet in the 3200 and he ran 927 man our fourth best boy from carmel on friday night ran 927 man. and in his heat he finished 12th and he was not in the fast heat <laughs>
1: It's just, it's insane. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's crazy fun when you get to go uh, to the meet and and watch and cheer and your your kids are participating. And, you know, I understand that, uh, you know, track is a team sport. You and I definitely agree on that. And there's sometimes team commitments that pull kids away. But if your athlete can make it next year to the Carmel Showcase, You know, you got it. You got to come. You got to give him a chance. You got to show him that, you know, hey, we can run faster than, uh, you know, whatever we we think we can right now. You put the weather, which you can't control, but we've been lucky enough to have really good weather.
0: Uh, Put the competition out there and see what happens. So let's let's hop in the DeLorean here for just a minute and do a quick glance into the future. Back to the future, too. All right. Based on INCC stats, the top two teams on the boys' side next year are Carmel and Noblesville. Okay. And the number three team is Zionsville. So uh, you got a pen? You might want to write these down. I do. Hit me, Colin. Okay. I'm going to read the times from Carmel first. These are for the returners. So, for instance, Cole Matisse in 856, that has no bearing on next year because he will not be on Carmel's team uh, unless we get like a COVID year or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll check. I'll see if I saw somebody. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so we see Paul Nightingale walking down the Monon. Okay. Ready for Carmel. The returners. Eight fifty-eight. Got it. Okay. 9 27. 9 And wow, I did a lot of scrolling. And the next one is also 9.38. Okay, those are five right there. Eight boys on Friday night ran 9.38. Not all from the same school, but two of them from the same school. Okay, for Noblesville. You ready? Yep. 9.20. Got it. 927, 931, 932, and put an asterisk next to that. Got it. 944. Cool. What do you make of that as you're seeing them next to each other, or one and then the other, however you wrote it on your paper? Well,
1: uh, you know uh noblesville is is close obviously to uh, two through five but carmel's big advantage is having a kid who's going to contend for the overall title and be be up there there's a big gap between carmel's
0: one and noblesville's one um and now then, what if i remember how you put an asterisk next to one i did what if i told you that kid finished in the top 15 this year at the state cross-country meet and likely would be back up there higher. Then I think Noblesville
1: is is close. It's still Carmel with the edge. But what is the um let's see as we look at the preseason INCC stats uh rating? Okay, well I I, I had focused mostly on the girls, obviously, but Carmel's team rating a one twelve to Noblesville's one twenty four. Carmel forty four percent sorry forty four point four percent chance to win twenty nine point six percent chance for Noblesville. That seems pretty accurate given the results from Friday night. Um, an edge to Carmel, thanks in part to Provenzano and the fact that uh two through five match up really well between Carmel and Noblesville. Um that that seems that seems legitimate. I, I think I'm I'm buying
0: that. Zionsville then I think had at least five returners under 10 minutes on um Friday night, so that's probably another team that's that's right in there. Those are the top two. Zionsville could could probably get into the mix.
1: Yeah, that sounds legitimate.
0: Did you have another team outside of those two to maybe look out for on the boys' side? Um, overall
1: on the boys' side,
0: I would based on returners.
1: Yeah, based on returners. Well, you know, my my team that I'm big on, they you know they weren't all all here, but um, I think you know. We'll see the same in the uh, – sorry, some of the, uh, the Blue Bloods, right, the guys that we normally talk about um, up here. You know, Fishers has uh, Quagli Roli who will be uh, toward the front, um, and they also had a couple other guys. Yeah, uh, so
0: 933 from Parker Melling. And then one of their better guys, is this returner, didn't run at our showcase. I think he's a junior, Matthew Kim. I think he ran 426 and 156 and he won the 1600. And I think he was second to nasty Nate Killeen in the 800. So he's having a really, really good season. It's just not reflected in these results. Right. So, you know, we
1: have to remember that. Remember the fact that they seem to always sort of be in the mix. Um, You you know, I, I would throw them up there and then, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, with a Columbus North or something in terms of reloading, they lose, they lose a lot of uh, seniors, but Um, We'll see what they kind of bring back. So I would think about Fishers. I would think about, you know, what uh, Columbus North could do. Uh, And Floyd Central, another team that we really didn't uh, talk much about here. Um, You know, see see where they could be in the mix uh, from far southern Indiana.
0: My team is Warsaw in this. Now, I don't think Warsaw is going to be a title contender or even a podium contender. But here's what they had on uh, Friday night of, of returners. Okay, Tyler Memnaw nine twenty six. It's taking a while to scroll down because there were so many fast races. Tyler Swartz nine fifty four, Gabe Klein nine fifty nine, Clark Meridew nine fifty nine, Rick Orr ten minutes, and then they had in that freshman race they had a nine forty six. So that's, I think that's six at 10 flat or faster, five returners, sub 10. Yes, their, their boy in the, uh, fast heat of the freshman race was, uh, Jacob. I think it's Jacob. It might be Jack. It just lists JAC, Gackenheimer, and he ran 943. That's the team that's going to make the state meet. They're going to make And they had another freshman boy, Miles Rager, 1011. Could they challenge? So we agree they'll make the
1: state meet here. Could they challenge um, Concordia Lutheran
0: to to win what is now the regional round? Yeah, so so Warsaw was in New Prairie. Have they now? When I was in high school, they were in our that Fort Wayne semi state. I think it was New Haven back then. Um, Have they switched back to that one? According to INCC stats, that would be the regional that they're there. in New Haven, and they're the number two team behind Concordia Lutheran yeah and and whatever's on there is is legit so yeah I, I think they could be i think they could be in in the mix for that where are they on incc stats they are
1: rated 18th right ranked 18th they're the second in the new haven regional um and they have an 89.6% chance at making the state finals that sounds pretty good although i won't call it a lot scott Lixon. hang on scott you know
0: no locks here i well, there's there are some locks. Yeah, I, I mean I think I certainly think they'll they'll make the state meet and that's a school that I mean I they probably don't mind me saying this that has basically said that they've run more volume and they've run more hard extended runs and more focus on their aerobic training in practice. And when you go out and run, you know, five, six, seven guys ten minutes or faster pretty obvious there you go and the you know a 3200 in late april on a perfect night in a perfect environment is not the same thing as a high pressure race on laverne gibson potentially or even likely in kind of poor conditions yeah but it's the closest thing we got right it's a lot closer than taking somebody's four by eight and saying well you know if they could just hang on to the last 400
1: a long time to hang on man it never happened
0: happened. gravity (laughs) is undefeated it's a lot of hanging yeah any um any any other thoughts about the the boys i mean that was it the boys and the girls were built you know historic races yeah the boys more so because the elite boys times have a minute threshold and girls don't, right? Yeah, because nine minutes for the boys is not equivalent to eleven minutes for the girls. No, but ten minutes for the girls is not equivalent to nine minutes for the boys.
1: No, what what would you say? Maybe ten ten thirty. I was gonna say be? ten
0: 1040.
1: 1040. Okay, the, ten forty.
0: Ten forty. Okay. ten thirty, Maybe maybe more maybe more
1: accurate. Somewhere, so let's let's call it somewhere in there, somewhere between 1030, 1040, where you're seeing uh would be a sub nine performance out of a boy. Yeah. So I think, you know, we saw and we saw quite a few of those here that we'll get to right after the break. So um, you know, lot lots of exciting things and get the brain, you know, the wheels turning about what might happen at the state meet and who may be in contention and how all that looks uh in terms of what their teams may need as well.
0: Is this the biggest <laughs> Let me throw something at you here, because we've got a few minutes. I just feel like we should use it. Is the, is the biggest surprise to you over these these first two weeks in Spring Break, well, Carmel Spring Break, but the first two showcase meets, that it was a surprise that Marvelous Martin Barco beat Old King Cole Matisse at the Franklin Central Showcase, right? Yes. But we've had some time to digest it. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, that's, that's not that... It's even crazier that if you add up their times from both of these showcase meets, that Barco is actually like a second faster. Yeah, the the it it's hard to say it was as surprising because Cole did
1: win Friday night and he was the favorite and was the favorite the previous Friday and and was upset there.
0: But uh, you know, well, Barco- and then and then how much how much is like well he only won by this much, but it's like well yeah, but when you win, you win, right? yeah when you win you win right but you know
1: uh barco being able to go 857 here which is a very fast time obviously right shows he's got a, quite a bit of range he was charging late cole held him off um you know a, sort of the opposite of the previous friday right where he kind of went past cole and and uh left matisse behind but uh you know I, I think well you know what an incredible performance and then we're, we're probably shaping ourselves you know Barco Provenzano Todd you know those are likely to be your top three this fall and may contend those three for a uh state championship well not just next spring but this spring right I mean they're, those are all mm. legitimate contenders depending on how things happen um you know it'll be really exciting but that's you know those are the guys we'll continue to talk about for another 365 plus days
0: what do you think the results of of Last Friday and then you know more recently this Friday between the the mile race and the thirty two hundred race, does that change the landscape of the individual races at the state meet? I don't uh you know what I
1: think this this performance from Barco uh sort of makes me think he is a more legitimate contender that it wasn't just a one-off on on Friday. I'm not I'm not gonna say he's the front. I agree. But I think being able to to back it up because now uh, one you're you've doubled the distance we're going thirty well almost we're going thirty two hundred and as opposed to sixteen oh nine and and uh you, you know it was he's got a little bit of pressure right coming in he just upset one of the all-time greats in our state and the in our sport um but he he absolutely delivered I mean he he stayed right in there um he closed well passed guys down the stretch
0: I mean he I would have I, th- I would have thought he'd run like nine fifteen or nine twenty. Which still would have been solid. That's right, fine. Right. Which still would have been like a 20-second PR or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So he this, ran this, 8.57 to me was shocking. I, uh, that that was the most surprising thing to me. That was more surprising than the other – like Cameron Todd, Tony. I mean, obviously one of those kids I see in practice, so I kind of have a pretty good idea of what he can yeah. do. Um, but Cameron Todd's also an established guy, right? This right. Is a kid that, I was right. not – I mean, I was surprised in the sense that they haven't done it before but I wasn't shocked that Cameron Todd or Tony or even Kyle Clark has had a really good start to the season. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really like shocked by that, but, but Barco hanging on and then still closing in like 62 or 63 was, and that was, you know, it wasn't a crazy pace for those guys that have run 15 flat or 1447 on Laverne, you know, but for someone that finished in the forties or fifties at the state meet, that's a pretty aggressive pace to be able to hold on there. Right, right. So he, I think, established himself as a legitimate
1: contender in whatever he chooses to run uh, at the state meet this June. And I, I think outside of that, I think the landscape is still sort of the same, right? It's the usual suspects up there, Cole Matisse and Provenzano, Todd, Clark, Russell, these guys we talked about before. Um, you know, even Ezra Burrell, who has performed better in track
0: as compared to cross country these past couple years, um, was right there in the mix. He was he was really solid and he obviously did not have a great cross country season by his lofty standards. Right. And then I thought he was he was good, but not great potentially at the at the Franklin Central Meet. He kind of hung in there. I I thought he was really, really good on on Friday night with his with his 9-11. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Uh well those were seven great races and we have four more to talk about after the break Former Carmel High School and Indiana University runner, Ben Veach, has started a coaching program. Ben is offering personal coaching for any level of runner from middle school, high school, college, or post-collegiate, and any distance from the 800 to the marathon. Ben is a former 10-time high school state champion. I have great memories from that. Seven-time Big Ten champion. Three-time NCAA All-American. And now runs professionally for Under Armour in Flagstaff, Arizona. For a monthly fee, Ben is offering complete training plans, workouts, mentoring, race strategy, and unlimited communication through text, calls, or email. If you're looking to get the most out of yourself and your training, you can contact Ben through Instagram or email. Ben's Instagram is bveachxc, that's B as in boy, V as in Victor, E-A-T-C-H-X-C. Ben's email is ben underscore veach at yahoo.com, that's ben underscore Veach, B-E-N-V-E-A-T-C-H at yahoo.com. And we're back. All right, so a little bit of housekeeping before we get to the girls, because it is a boys' first year, but another way to put it is the girls' last year. And I think there's a uh, feeling that whichever event is last is the featured event, right? Yes, so I think it's good that we alternate when we were in high school, they didn't used to do that. So it's a newer thing. I think it's good that we alternate years um, with boys first or girls first. I think they have alternated track for a long time, uh, but cross country, whoever goes first has that's relatively recent, right? Maybe in the last 10 years probably coincides with a shift from 4k to 5k for girls. Yes. I believe that is the case. No, the first year that they alternate, I think was 2013. First year for okay. 4K to 5K was 2007. Yes. Uh, anyways, we've done our, our two podcasts here now. I uh, don't know what we'll do in the next. There's not kind of one event. So maybe we might do like an emergency pod if uh, it's crazy at Conference Indiana, HCC, whatever. And then I think we'll probably do them, you know, after the sectional, regional, maybe state meet, uh, preview, things like that. But your boys are going to be on the call for the IHSAA, separate days. So you're going to call the girls, no, you're going to call the boys meet on Friday. Correct. And I'm going to call the girls meet on Saturday. So you won't get to hear us both at the same time.
1: Well, we might make special guest appearances. Unless,
0: yeah, I was going to say, unless if Liam Oman wins the 3,200, I'm going to go full Frank Costanza and just run up to the booth. And I got a lot of problems with you people and you're going to hear about it. Come on in. We'll get that bleep button ready to go. (laughs) Let's, let's get into the girls races. There were only four races, but Taylor, I want to, you know what? I want to commend you here publicly on the podcast. Um, And don't worry. I'll get in several uh, digs at you later. You took it upon yourself. You and I had agreed that it was a goal of ours to increase participation on the girls side Last year, there were only three heats as compared to five boys' heats. Right. And you went out and contacted a lot of different coaches and invited their girls to compete, said, we will give you a good environment, a good chance uh, to run your best time, a good experience. And we had many more girls this year, and we ho- we hope to grow. It would be great if it was even. If there was even interest between the boys and the girls. We are working. So if you coach girls, let us know. Come on out. First tee to the girls. This is a name that you may be familiar with if you've been following Indiana distance running for the last two weeks. Laura Barco, a freshman from Martinsville. She ran very well at the end of the race. There must Wonder be something to it. From. Yeah, uh, Laura ran 11.24. She's a freshman. Cece Jackson, also a freshman from Chittard, ran 11.26. And then Sammy Rastrelli. There we go, two... Two siblings there in the top three, two yeah. famous siblings. Eleven forty-five. What do you make of that one?
1: I'm going to point out a pair. You know, I've been been high on the on Bloomington North, the Cougars, right? I, I heart Cougars. I don't know who doesn't, but I love Cougars. Uh, you, and
0: you're you are the biggest Cougar guy I know of anyone.
1: I am big big fan of Cougars. I I would wear a shirt. This is I heart Cougars. Um, but if I'm going to someone's go the, getting you that. I hope so. I'm going to go on the south side of the city, Bloomington High School South. Uh, two girls, Clara Graham and Jillian uh, Hoover, um, were two of four Panthers on the night to break 12 minutes with the fifth Panther. These are all returners, by the way, the fifth Panther running 12 flat. So Bloomington South in a pretty good position. And you know, a couple of those girls are freshmen, by the way, um, moving forward here. So shout out to the pair of Panthers
0: in the first heat of the night. So we say non-winners, non-hounds, but I'm going to break that rule because you coach the uh, girls and I coach the boys. Ellie Smith, sub-12. Yeah. Freshman from Carmel. Yeah. It was awesome. Really excited about her. Just keeps getting better every day. And I think it's like, I think I say this too. Sometimes I'm a little over the top with the intellectual stuff, but it's like, well, you you, you got to realize that like the certain, you know, from 10. 2 to 10.01 isn't that big of a deal. So why is it a big deal from 10 minutes to 9.59? Or why is it a big deal under 12 minutes? But it is, it is. We just like round numbers. And when you go under that barrier for the first time, it is a big deal and we don't celebrate enough. I had the same conversation with someone
1: about a six minute mile, right? If, are you really that different of a person if you run 6.01 and not 5.59? It was no. a 1,600. Uh, well, no, you don't know. We
0: may have been talking about the actual full mile, Colin. We weren't. Fair all right way. section two my favorite race of the night yeah a junior from carmel high school audrey ricketts 11 23 november 23rd as we say on the streets eleven twenty-three, uh, for audrey who trailed uh, for the first six laps, and then and then took over at the end. She beat a junior from Cathedral, Lucy Marquart, who ran eleven twenty seven, and then a freshman from Franklin Central, Caitlin Pettit, eleven thirty five. What do you make of that one?
1: Well, first of all, shout out to Audrey Ricketts, right for for the dub there. Um, but I want to give a, a non Broad moment grayhound. for the family. Yeah, a non Greyhound shout out to Caitlin Pettit. Uh, the freshman from Franklin Central, uh, Franklin Central, you, you know, um, had some tough luck this past fall. Uh, they were uh, going into the season a team to really watch a podium contender really strong. And then they, they hit a couple of rough patches throughout the year. But um, they look they look like they're ready to go. Um, not only are they running well this spring, but I think we're really going to gear up well for this fall Um, So I think, you know, Pettit and her teammates are definitely ones to watch. You're going to mention one of their returners here in a moment. Um, So I I would keep a a close look on the on the flashes, uh, not just the rest of this track season going into, you know, all the way through October.
0: Yeah. Franklin Central girls looked really good on on Friday. And we can get in and a lot a lot or all of them, I think, are returning. The Miller sisters, the Miller twins, are they juniors? They are coming back. Yeah. So they 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 could be setting themselves up for a really, really competitive fall season. Heat Three on the girls' yeah. side. Here we go. And this was another, even more so, I think, than Audrey. This was a monstrous close on the last lap here um, by this athlete. And I think she did it in a really smart way because she got – She got a huge gap and then the field kind of came back to her at the end, maybe tied up a little bit, but she'd open up enough of a gap and it's, you know, it's a physical race, but it's also an emotional thing that when you see that it's kind of natural to let up and real kind of think or or, that you're not going to win the race. Um, So just a really, a really tough and really smart race here by Kylie Klein, a junior from Franklin Central, 1103, 1103 wins yeah. the you know i guess we we can't call it the slow heat it's a third of four but the second fastest heat and she runs 11 you and i were kind of standing there at the finish and we've got our the eyes on obviously the girls on our team uh both of which were in great races ran eleven ten 10 and they're both coming back uh next year and the year after but man 1103 and then 1104 for Paige Hazelrig of noblesville um in fact two noblesville runners Hazelrig and brooke Leahy in the top in the top three and then i was surprised there's another crane sister there's a yeah. third crane sister hannah crane from edgewood 1109. big family talented runners we'll be talking about the crane there's another- there's Ooh. we we might have we might get four or five minutes out of this one there's a there's a lot there's a lot to process in this heat
1: yeah well and you you talked about klein and her big kick with about 350 to go um, you know, if you go back and you watch the video a couple of times, maybe you streamed it from your computer onto your TV, that's above your fireplace as you laid on the couch all day. I, I don't know. Maybe that was you Maybe that wasn't you, but, um, I didn't me. someone, it someone, who it did, wasn't me.
0: So it must've been you.
1: It was me. And I watched it a couple of times and, uh, you know, she was kind of in, uh, kind of trapped. Kylie Klein was, uh, going into the bell lap and my, my girl Liv Munt uh, started to push there in the final lap. And I thought, oh man, we we might go back to back here, right? We might see some hounds get dubs back to back. And um she made a smart move, uh kind of back and around with 350 to go and then really, you know, hammered the finish and and started pulling away. And you could see them just kind of string out and like you said, kind of have that tough mental moment. And uh as the field came back, she was able to hold uh Hazel rig up uh, in particular off. So um, you know, that was that was really good. And you know, I I mentioned a couple, uh, you know, we talked about Franklin Central and a couple of their athletes already, uh, a few more here in, in this heat under 1130, and they all return again. And now I wanted to give a shout out as well to Bailey Freeze from Garen Catholic, a Garen goon, Colin. You know, I had to shoot one for you here. We're out um, here. We're on these streets. We're on those mean streets of Hamilton County. She goes 1111 uh make a eleven eleven 11
0: 11 Taylor 11 11 finished 8th yeah and there was in another girl behind her that ran 11 11 11 11 finished ninth
1: yeah ninth, ninth. so Bailey uh is a, a first time cross country runner of the fall and I believe maybe first time track athlete as well as a former soccer player or maybe current soccer player in the club season but um anyway shout out uh to the garen Goons and and uh the biggest fan of all Colin Altavo. So here,
0: here is I, I think the big story we talked about this at the track season is the emergence of marvelous Martin Barco the fourth. Yes, but here's another big uh, my my favorite sub subplot sneaky subplot to this season. Okay, so I'm always interested in the idea of twins. Yes, like if you know for, in sports twins if you get a good kid and she's got a twin, suddenly you got two good kids, but I'm always like, how, you know, what's, what is, what is genetics versus environment? What? So if you have twins, they have the same genetics, identical twins in the same environment. So why would they not finish next to each other in every single race? Right? Well, there are two sets of
1: twins that we could look at who have done that.
0: So there's there's the miscellaneous parts of races, but there are two twins, the Martolios from Bloomington South. In every race that I see, they finish within like two or three tenths of a second yeah. from each other. And on top of that, not only are they twins, which just kind of piques my interest, they also have hardcore, great Italian surnames, which is another part of our podcast. It's like, like I don't know what, it, it's right in our wheelhouse. I don't know. What is a wheelhouse? I don't know. But here... Here they are, the Martolio twins, and it is fascinating to me that yeah. they're just finishing next to each other in all these races.
1: you know the the Mead twins down at uh, Princeton Community do this quite often too they they tend yes. to yes, within a couple tenths of a second of one another, regardless of the distance of the race. Um so yeah, I you know, like, like you said, it's both genetics and environment here, but uh it is a nice little anecdote,
0: okay the fast heat Whew. 15 girls broke 11 minutes Fif- 15 girls ran under 11 minutes yeah they were led by sophia kennedy a park tutor who held the meet record prior to friday night's meet i think it was 1025 it was it is no longer 1025 it's 1007 Second place was Addison Canabo of Homestead in Fort Wayne, who to me, just kind of basic observation, seems a renewed and more experienced runner, and I think is really figuring it out, and okay. she ran 10-12. I didn't win, but 10-12 is insane.
1: What, what, you know hey you ran 10 12 you, sorry you didn't you didn't win but you ran 10 12 you can't you can't hang your head
0: right I mean 10 12. correct God. Gretchen Farley from Park Tudor who runs 57 seconds for a 400 split probably on a relay correct and can run 206 she stepped up ran 10 13. Nikki Sutherland who won this event last year at the state meet ran 10 14 and finished fourth yeah what are your initial thoughts on that race
1: oh i mean it was it, obviously the times showed that it's it's crazy fast the the field strung out i mean you're looking at some of these really established names and kind of seeing them toward the back of the field and you kind of think oh well you know maybe maybe so and so is having kind of a tough day you know what what does this really mean and then then they cross the line and you see your time and you're like well you know, she ran in the ten thirties or ten forties or ten fifties. That's not a tough day. Like, well, I mean, this is—it right. was just an incredibly loaded
0: field. Um, I mean, a know, girl runs ten oh seven and wins by half the track over girls that are running performances that should be good enough to finish in the medals at the state meet.
1: Yeah. So you know, I we were kind of thinking, guessing maybe that uh, this is the event that Sophia Kennedy is going to attempt to win at the state meet. Nothing in my mind changes as a result. I think she's clearly the the front runner there. Obviously, uh, the other girls aren't going to just give it to her, right? They're they're still close enough, and there's a lot of time left. But um, I think she's firmly in the driver's seat there of of the 3200. Should she choose to to run that event, and um, you know, certainly seems as if that's that's the indication. I think this
0: is I think this is interesting because Park Tudor's got two stars. And two stars is not enough to win the state meet. We don't project. Not in those events, certainly. But Sophia Kennedy could win the sixteen hundred at the state meet. She could. She and has Gretchen, the best sixteen hundred time on the in the state this year. And, and Gretchen Farley could win the sixteen hundred at the state meet. She has the second best time, only to her teammate. And Nikki Sutherland could win the sixteen hundred at the state meet. She could. But by entering the 1600, they mortgaged their chances at winning their their primary or favorite event, yeah. I'd imagine. Which is, Sophia Kennedy probably would like to win the 3200, which comes after the 1600. And Gretchen Farley would like to win the 800, which comes after the 1600. Yeah, And, and Nikki Sutherland could win the 800 or the 3200. Uh, last year won the 3200. Yeah. So very yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. And a lot of, um, you know, the other point to make here, we've we talked about this before in cross country. I don't know how, how in-depth you want to go, but if you look at the uh, top 20 worlds here, top 20 overall uh, across all the heats um, let's see real quick, 19 of the 20, are juniors or seniors? Nineteen of the twenty, so these are girls who continue
0: to improve and get better um, as they get older. You know, okay, so that's interesting because you and I have talked about this a lot, and I think I think I've talked about this. I was on the Mile Split podcast when they did those with Sluter. That there are certain, I'm thinking about how I want to say this. There are certain stereotypes or generalizations about girls in sports, but more specifically girls distance running. Yeah. And the idea is that they're all they're they're always better as freshmen and sophomores. There's all these, and of course, and I know I'm I'm we're repeating ourselves on this because we have talked to those of course it is more likely that a freshman girl comes in and makes a difference than than a freshman boy a la julia score in this event right here in the fall sure but that's not substantially more likely because julia score finished what was she at the state meet she wasn't that many places ahead of noah Bontrager from westview she wasn't that many places ahead of what cole matison finished his freshman year and, okay. and cole is cole is a you know a once in a generation star and maybe maybe noah Bontrager eventually turns into a once in a generation star, yep. but we just, this is demonstrably false that we have all of this, this data and these races that show us that like, no, it is, it is more about work. It is less about talent. Certainly there's a talent component to it on the boy's side and the girl's side, but like, it's not good that our girls hear all the time that well, you know, the girls are just good as freshmen and sophomores, and then they and then they they tail off, or you could tail off, or now's the time to strike while well, the iron's hot while you're a freshman and as you mature, it's gonna, it's just not the case because 19, 19 of the top 20 girls in the 3200, the longest race, which is most about aerobic development, which which takes work, 19 of those 20 top 20 girls were juniors and seniors. And, you and let me throw this Do you know how many of the top 20 boys were not juniors and seniors on the boys' side in the top 20?
1: How many underclassmen boys were in the top 20? I would say
0: uh, two. Six. Six. Okay. Six. Or, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear that it's uh, girls are going to get worse through age because it's not. It's not just talent, it is excellence through hard work and it takes time. And when you look at Sophia Kennedy, Addison Canabo, Gretchen Farley, Nikki Sutherland, Lily Baker, all all of these girls are much better than they were when they came in as freshmen. And it's not, it's not just being idle. It's not just trying to avoid getting sick or getting hurt. It's much more about work than it is about just genetic and what what you were born with. It is. If,
1: if you remember our post state recap from cross country of fall of twenty-one. We mentioned that not one girl, not one freshman girl—that is, not one freshman girl—placed all state that year. They were right. all up. Right. All up. So,
0: you know, another another piece of uh, evidence to support that. Well, and the and the difference is that it's this was not on our rundown. Yeah. I I feel vaguely like you know that we each worked a seventy-hour week, and you know just where to prod to get me going on these things. Um, it's not. There there are certain high-profile examples on the girls' side of exactly. someone that was successful as a freshman or sophomore yeah. that tailed off and wasn't seen later on. Yeah. And obviously, we're not going to get on here and mention names. But there are examples of boys that were successful when they were younger that were in the top 10 as a junior and 50th or 60th or didn't make the state meet in cross-country. In their senior year because guess what that's life it doesn't work out perfectly and they're 17 they're 17 years old you have no idea what's going on in their lives but we've got it it is is this harmful generalizations to girls sports in general and in high school girls distance runners specifically when we allow when we allow ourselves to believe when we allow them to believe when we have them hear these things that just aren't true they just aren't true well i
1: can't add any more passion than you already did so we we just will keep reinforcing that and i reinforce
0: that i practice every day with our girls I hope i wasn't unclear on my feelings on that. uh what, do, what are we gonna do next look ahead to next year let's look to next year yeah okay so I think on INCC stats, I think the top two are Carmel and Nobles- Noblesville and Carmel. In that order. Is that correct? Or is Homestead maybe slightly ahead of Carmel Let's on INCC if, stats? If you look at the team rating, it's Noblesville 119,
1: Homestead 182, Carmel 189. If you look at the, Let's look the like percentage, yeah, the percentage to likelihood to win the state
0: championship. Because Nobles- the percentage. The The team rating, I'm going to interject here real quick. The yeah. team rating is perfectly as it goes down this list. The, the, the percentage is here All are the things that could happen. Of course, and there's a lot of things that we don't know that we can't put in like eighth graders, current eighth graders, future ninth graders. Um, so I think, you know,
1: life's messy. Life's messy. So Noblesville has a 70% chance... At the state championship, according to INCC stats, right, likely to win um, to repeat. Carmel has a nine point eight percent chance, and then Homestead five point five. So, okay. based on likelihood, it's Noblesville, Carmel, Homestead in that order. Give you your pen ready. I've got my numbers to give you. I got it all here. If you're ready. Oh, you've already got it. Well, I can go through what you sent, what I sent you yesterday, or we can uh, do what you got here. I got my
0: pen. If you've got them already written down, I don't think there's any reason for me to scroll through these and search for it. Yeah. Then here are your returners from, let's start with Noblesville. Okay? Yeah. Cause they are number one on that one. percentage one. and team score. Like, and, like he- heavy number one.
1: Yeah. Um, returners here from Noblesville. Rampy 1054. Confirmed. She's good. Perez 1103. Also good. Uh, Kennedy or uh, Applegate, right? The older App- Applegate, eleven twenty-four. She's good. Flynn, eleven thirty-five. She's good. And then the younger Applegate, Angelie Applegate, eleven forty-two. She's good too. Those are the, they are all very good. Those are their five. Uh, Carmel, Liv Munt, eleven ten. She's good. Sadie Foley, eleven ten. She's good. Audrey Ricketts, eleven twenty-three. She's good. Shout out family. Charlotte Kono eleven thirty two. She's good. Nola Elling, eleven thirty nine. She's good. She's good. Um. So if you kind of go through and you know this again, this is April. This is one meet. This is whatever. You know, we're just kind of having some banter here on the podcast. Home track advantage for Carmel. Home so track on and so advantage forth. Worth at least fifty points, I would say um you know you go through and you score the the results as if it were a cross-country meet and you assume that all participants are on a scoring team right we're not gonna get into who's the individuals or whatever uh returners only noblesville 107 points Carmel, 110 points what do you make of that that's pretty close That yeah, that is close I'll let you do the talking.
0: There are right there. Are, there are two parts to me. There is the part of me that is interested and does the podcast and likes to give the recognition around the whole state. Yeah. And there's the part of me that receives a direct deposit into my bank account every two weeks from Carmel Clay Schools. Yeah. That also coaches at Carmel, and my friend is the girls' coach, and I'm not the girls' coach, so that affords me a little more. Uh, bandwidth to talk about this Um, I certainly think Noblesville is still the favorite for next fall sure but I think it's more than fair to look at the results from this spring and most specifically at the longest distance and say that Carmel has a better then 7.9% chance to win the state championship next fall. You you would put our odds above seven point nine percent. Would it be an overreaction for me to call it 5050 at this point? It this is your podcast,
1: man. You you tell me if that's how you feel. You think it's 5050 as of April 23rd?
0: I think Carmel has, I think, okay. So it's hard to say because I'm also at, I'm at these practices and these girls were in my class. And so there's a certain amount of, you get to a certain point in the year, like in track in February or March before the meets start where you're there and the kids have worked hard and you've seen what they're doing and they're progressing. And you're like, Oh my God, we're going to, not only are we going to win the four by eight, we're going to win the four by four. And our guys are also going to score in all these different events and you're excited. And then the meets start and the meets that actually matter, not like projecting ahead, but the meets start. And it's like, Oh, everybody else is getting better too. And it yeah. kind of tempers that. Yeah. Well, dose of reality. Problem. Having said that, there are a couple girls at Carmel who have gotten a lot better and not just in the... A lot of times, w- what you show it in track is in the 4x8 or even in the 1600 and that just doesn't have the same correlation that the longer races do. And so a girl can run 512 or 514 for 1600 and you think like, oh man, she's going to be a beast in cross country. And then you get to cross country and she's just not quite there yeah um and and it happens on the boys side as well um but i think this kind of shows that carmel is closing the gap there which 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 was a chasm after last fall
1: yeah noblesville uh by far the best team all fall i mean even in their couple matchups with columbus north showed that they were they were better than the team that was the second best team. Let me ask you about a third team there. We mentioned them, but really haven't gone in depth about Homestead.
0: Where does Homestead fall? I just in- don't think Homestead has the depth. I think their top two are going to be so good. And Homestead's going to score four. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe she finishes second or third or whatever. And that's actually, you know, she finishes second or third with team points, but like it's a minuscule difference um and their their second one is is pretty good but i just i'm not sure noblesville is gonna have the depth to hang with carmel and noble or i'm sorry i don't think homestead will have the depth to hang with carmel and noblesville noblesville's depth was very very good but and again it's hard it's hard to figure that this out of what i should say and what i shouldn't say and what you know like you don't want to just come on. didn't make a podcast just to come on and talk about how well the kids at our school are doing. Um, but that's a lot. That's a lot of depth from from Carmel. Yeah, and and you know, look, Noblesville
1: is very good. They are very talented. We we may have this conversation here in a few more months, and they will still be far and away the the best team in the state. We you know we just don't know, right? I mean, we we took one snapshot of, uh, in entire season. So we could banter back and forth about it for a while on the podcast and speculate and all that kind of fun stuff. But, um, you know, we know just how good those girls are. Um, so, you, you know, we, who who knows what will happen. Um, you know, like you said, um, there, there's an outcome I'd like to happen, but, um, you know, we, we know they're going to be ready too. So
0: should be a lot of fun. Uh, Real quick, you got one personal highlight to do for your fantasy track? Personal highlight here. I'm gonna pick someone who I had there was a lot, there was a lot going on all week too. So
1: yeah, okay, I got one. Here's my personal highlight. Um, it did not occur at this meet. Um, this was our uh, you know 32 showcase, and uh, the rest of the team traveled to Warren Central for the inaugural Dennis McNulty invite and they honored McNulty on the track. And I, I wasn't there. I was, it was at our meet at Carmel, but I got to see some pictures um, on, on Twitter. And uh, the number of alumni who showed up for uh, to support coach McNulty was just fantastic. That was so cool to see um, showing uh, respect to him. Uh, but we sent a group uh, to Warren and uh, one of my freshman girls. Uh, not only did she PR Colin in the 1600s, uh, she ran a 5:46. But you brought home the win. Oh, man, that was so fun and so exciting. I, I love the opportunity to have two meets on the same night where all these kids get a chance to run. I mean, you know, that that is a big challenge that you and I face at a, at a school with the number of kids we have. is finding opportunities, particularly in track, where it's a little bit harder to find all those. So, um, you know, we had 16 girls run at the 32 Showcase. And then um, we sent a, a 4 by 8 and 3 in the 16, 8, and the 32 all to Warren and um, I believe uh, almost every girl there pr'd and uh, one Liliana Kate is her name. She ran a 5:46 and won the 1600. So shout out Liliana.
0: You know what? I'm not. I'm not even going to go through my whole thing about like how. Oh my god, how tough is Less Thomas? seven Biltemeyer. minutes to do it. So yeah, how tough is Thomas Biltemeyer? Like that's just he just comes in, gets it done every single day we've already talked about liam max meisner with the big pr drew grogan never run the 3200 i was like why don't we just we got a showcase why don't you just go out there and do it joel spit my gosh 1002 just flying through the field and i know everybody thinks i'm going to just go through this whole list of guys um but but i'm not all i gotta say is this one of our guys last year and the last meet he ran a huge pr 455 for 1600 which is great before that, I think his best time was five oh six. His name is Cohen Levy. All Cohen, right. real, real small guy. He's a greyhound, right? What's a small a greyhound? Is a dog. What's a small dog called? A uh, small as a whippet. No, 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 not a small greyhound. What's a small? Just in general, a small dog, a baby dog is called what? A puppy. A puppy or a pup. Pup, oh, yeah. My kid watches a lot of Paw Patrol, and I just got to let you know. No jobs too big, Cohen. No pups too small. My man last year only broke five minutes one time. Friday night runs 10.06. Wow. Out a boy. No jobs too big. No pups too small. No pup is too small. Uh, okay, here we go. Six minutes. Fantasy track. Uh, boys' first year. You have the first pick on the boys' side this week. My computer where I keep that spreadsheet. Uh, crash but i'll get it up and i will enter our our picks okay well um as
1: i went through and looked who i wanted to pick first i uh thought how on earth could this kid still be on the draft board (laughs) i think i see your face we might be good here how is it possible i've got
0: i've got two i've got two i'm good i'm good either way
1: how is it possible why would you have two? you the first pick still available well just in case i don't know um but you know i he was in an indie star article and, and his his teammates were talked about it and uh you know he was right down the road from uh where i uh, used to coach and, and on the big road where i live um, uh, okay we, oh i must be picking something definitely anyway his name is josiah rogers he's the sprinter for park Tudor. he is uh we 20- hadn't picked him yet no, I couldn't believe it. I, I double checked oh, that didn't pull a Rachel Marringer and pick her for the third time. Um I and <laughs> the
0: girls, the girls' picks are coming up, so you've got a shot.
1: Hang tight, Maringer fans. I'm I'm ready to go again. Um Josiah Rogers, man. He's the even leader. Scott
0: Litzkin is like, this is a little extreme. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's he is the uh the state leader in the hundred and he's ranked high in the 200. Um, so he is my pick. Welcome to the team, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Boom.
0: Okay, so I I think I've got one. And it is a guy. I thought this was where you were going after the last two weeks because he did have an article in the Indie Star about him. Yeah. You have not picked marvelous Martin Barco the fourth, have you? I have not picked him, no. And you won't, because I just took him. All right. So there you go. You took Josiah Rogers of Park tutor who somehow fell to like the, I don't know what are we on like the twelfth round or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about like a Mister Irrelevant, you know, in the NFL. He's not that. This is not our last pick here, but I mean, you know, he's a guy who slid all the way to the yeah. You know, we've been doing this for a couple months, and man, so sorry about that, Josiah. But uh, you know what? You're delivering on the track, so you really don't care what I think, do you?
0: Honestly, I bet he never knows. <laughs> He's not one of our five listeners. Five hundred more like it. <laughs> All right, my fantasy track Excel spreadsheet is not opening. Nope, here goes. So, what do we got three minutes here? I'm going to enter. You got Josiah Rogers. I had the first pick on the girl's side, although I'm getting dangerously close to having to forfeit that. Uh, If I can't pick one here in the next couple minutes. And I'm looking through here. I don't think you picked this athlete or did you? We do a little quick control F I'm here. In,
1: I'll tell you,
0: Layla Smith from I, Warren.
1: I do not have Layla Smith on my team. No, and you won't. Oh,
0: just man. typed it. It is decided. All right, two and a half minutes. Who you got?
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with um, okay, Rachel someone. Who, <laughs> well, I'd like to pick Rachel Manger again, but I've been told by the management to stop <laughs> picking it. Uh, so
0: fine. <laughs> Uh, due to so- uh, management, due to circumstances, you will not be picking Rachel Maringer.
1: <laughs> no, instead, I'm going to pick um a, a, a probably a, a long lost cousin of mine, Colin, uh, someone uh, who shares the the same last name and and Audrey,
0: uh, long lost cousin of mine, Audrey Ricketts.
1: <laughs> That's yours, and I hope to see at the at the reunion uh, this summer. Her name is Kylie Marshall. Uh, awesome name. I don't know why I didn't pick her earlier. Just like Josiah, you know, oh for two here, should have picked these two right off the bat. Um, but, but my my sister here, uh, or my cousin, uh, Kylie Marshall, attends Munster way up in the region where she um is is very good at the two hundred. She uh, is on there four by one and four by four, which are both ranked high in the state, and she's a fantastic long jumper. And I think, you know, the junior from the region is, uh, you know, underrated because it's uh, it's a wee bit chilly up there. And we don't uh, we don't always give the region love. That's a great um, point.
0: But- it's hard to run fast when it's cold. And it's always cold there until like it's always cold. It's Yeah,
1: snow snow on the ground until uh, July 4th, I think. And they shoot the fireworks off and it lands in the snow. But I, I think what happens is she's going to run even faster when she gets to Bloomington in a few weeks. And I can't wait for that. One you more. Minute what? I'll
0: tell it's here. She's in a lot of events. So you're a real you're a real volume shooter on this one. Hey, you get you get enough shots up, you gotta you're gonna see some of them go in, and then it just it just it just rolls from there. Yeah. All right, man. This this is our best one yet.
1: Yeah, this is good. Put put this bad boy up on that. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and send that into the Hall of Fame. I'll do that we'll right the- now.
0: Thanks for coming uh-huh. on, and Taylor, go hounds. Sure.